Welcome NFL Nation, this is the Fake Punt Podcast with Sunny and Vaz. This show is for all of you out there who do not have the time to watch every single game, every single Sunday. We are going to review them all for you, make our analysis, all where you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever you listen to. So, stay tuned. Again, Fake Punt Podcast. Welcome back NFL Nation, week two in the books. This is Vasily and Mikey with the NFL Fake Punt Podcast. Episode two, Sunny on the other line, down in Milton Keynes. How are you, my friend? I'm good, my brother. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm right here at work doing in my in my little we work. Just not working. Box. Yeah. What? Not working. Just not working. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm doing I'm doing everything I can to make this as good as possible. So mm-hmm. let's get straight straight into it. I mean, week two, it's been absolute crazy. We got AB back. Um, first game in an NFL uh, in a Patriots uniform. Also, we have some gossip for you, some secrets. Sunny's going to tell when we, when we get to the game. We got Gardner Minshew going to start our campaign for his, for him to, for MVP. Gardner Minshew for MVP. <laughs> also, we also have um, Drew Brees handing Atlanta Falcons the NFC South on a silver platter. And with that starting and the NFC South, we're going straight into the Thursday night game. I mean, Tell me about those, it. Let's go. Those Thursday night games do not get any better. <laughs> I mean, we did have a couple of points. It was still a shitstorm of a game. Really, the question about this game was, can Cam Newton or James Winston really redeem themselves from week one? James Winston, I mean, he didn't play too bad. Okay, he did have, um, he did have 280 yards and one TD. But this is really... Like, looking at his game, he looks very much like a rookie. I mean, Sunny texted me somewhere, uh, like, during the week and saying, like, he looks like a fifth-year rookie. And I can only 100% agree with you. He's very inaccurate. His D-balls are all over the place, and he does not see the field. I mean, we always knew that from James Winston. The real question was, what about Cam Newton? I mean, Cam Newton had the foot surgery. He He was working on his shoulder. He was working with his throwing motion, and it seems none of it is working. And I see. I feel like... um. It is all down to the fact that he is not mobile anymore. I mean, the, uh, the Bucks won 22-14. And it's really you can really tell that the offense of the Panthers are really much on Newton's shoulders. And when he runs for five carries, two fumbles, less than five yards, I mean, you take that entire, that entire line, an entire threat away of a running QB, what are you going to do, right? Honestly, I saw, I saw a post up on Facebook and I, it was one of these like spoof news channel things. And it was like... Cam Newton retires before the game, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like this is, and then it realized that this is not actually a real thing. But honestly, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if something like that actually happened. I mean, he looks so bad. I mean, he he's looks getting so, beaten up. You know, not only is he getting beaten up, but the fact is that since he can't like obviously run anymore, or is is not within his ability anymore, um, you take that entire third dimension away. So now he has to step back and be a thrower, and he is incredibly inaccurate. He's, he's connected one deep ball to Smith. That was it. Like one. And apart from that, he went for um, he went for less than 50% in his entire. He went for 24, uh, 24 completions on 51 attempts. That's just that's just not NFL standard right now. He cannot complete NFL throws. Anything outside of the hashes will not be completed. Dump throws to the running backs, yes. Hitches, yes. Nothing deep, nothing outside the hashes. I do not know where, where they're gonna go. But saying that, Shaq Barrett from the um, Bucks had three sacks on him. He was bullying Daryl Williams all day long. But this is, again, in fact, a, a Cam Newton back in 2015 would have had at least bought him some time running away from a Shaq Barrett, but he couldn't even do that anymore. So neither of those teams have any playoff capabilities right now because the NFC South seems to be locked up by the Atlanta Falcons as Drew Brees is obviously gone, as it looks right now, gone for a couple of weeks, or if not for the season. Sad face. Yeah, really upset about that due reasons. But yeah. uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that game later. We'll get to that game. So, we'll get to the game. What from we one, about the next one, Sonny? Well, from one mobile quarterback who's not so mobile to another mobile quarterback who we didn't see coming, um, the news of this game has got to be Josh Allen. How is Josh Allen now considered a dual-threat QB? He's got two, two rushing touchdowns in two games this season. He now has... Almost the same amount of rushing touchdowns as he has passing touchdowns in his career. That is how, are you gonna, how are you going to let this guy run all over you? Jeez. Uh, it was terrible. But the, the Giants were never in this game. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on there. They came out with Saquon. And they just, obviously, with that offense, 
you've got to give Saquon the ball. You've got a battered up receiver core and you've got a QB who doesn't know how to throw the ball anymore and can't read a field. Don't know what's happened. But you've got to give the ball to, to Saquon. They came out. They had a really strong first drive, scoring drive. Saquon with a touchdown. And it looked like after that, they just took the ball back off him and they were like, okay, now we're going to give Eli the same as week one, right? Yeah. And Eli, I think he, he, he went, he went uh, 26 for 45 attempts. 40, you gave 45 attempts to Eli and only 18 carries to, uh, to Saquon Barkley. I mean, it's up from 11 that you had last week, but Jesus I mean, what, do you, what are you doing as Petrama, right? I mean, what is, the, what is the big plan there? What does it look like? At what point does Eli get benched? You've given him enough chances. Absolutely given him enough chances. I mean, his, his first three drives, he completed zero passes. I mean, three <laughs> would, drives. So the whole of the first quarter, it took him until the second quarter to even get a completion. The real question is, like, would even Daniel Jones be any better? I don't know, but at some point, you've got to, you've got to give, it, give it a try. And just hope that it doesn't blow up in your face like last year. I suppose for an unexpected dual threat quarterback is going forwards to, I think, one of the MVP candidates as it stands right now from week two, Dak Prescott. Okay, I was thinking about when I was still in play week one, okay, that was, that was a clear MVP performance. Can Dak Prescott keep it up against the Redskins or was it a fluke? And it is 100% not a fluke. Dak Prescott... The Cowboys versus Redskins. Cowboys won 31-21. Dak Prescott went for 26, at, uh, for 26 completions, 30 attempts, 269 yards, three TDs, and one interception where that one interception was really like a battered upwards yeah, ball by it. the receiver. I saw it. I mean, so the kid's out there. He's trying to get paid this season, isn't he? He's trying, to, he's trying to earn his money. He's got people getting paid around him, and he needs to earn some money himself. So, yeah. Oh, my God. He's getting more expensive every single week, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. since right now, like, there's, there's, a very, there's a very special play in that game because Dak Prescott rushed for five, uh, five times for 70 yards, and there's one play where he rushes for 20, and he's sort of he's going, he, he runs past the linebackers. He's going to the second level, and he knows he can't outrun the DB, and he sees the DB coming. And most, run, and most quarterbacks would sort of run away from the DB to try to get as many yards as possible. Dak Prescott just sort of steps into the Big DB, body. tries to stiff arm him. <laughs> tries to stiff arm the DB. Okay, it didn't 100% work, but it looked pretty bullish. And you could feel the energy he's playing with. I mean, the capability, the reason why he can run like that and why he's completing passes like that is very much down to killing more right now. I don't know if it's killing or killing more. Killing um, more yeah. But I'm going to call him killing more. Because that, I mean, that his scheme right now, I think, is only second to Kyle Shanahan at at the 49ers. The offensive coordinators for the uh, for the Dallas Cowboys is using the three-headed dragon of Dak, Elliott, and Cooper to such an extent mm-hmm. that Gallup, Smith, Witten, Cobb, each of them get four to five catches every single game. I mean, it is an unbelievable man. And Dak Prescott is clearly showing the smarts. That he can yeah. run that offense. Cowboys looking legit. I tell you what, how about that Jason Witten though? The guys like the guys that you remember watching WWE with the Undertaker, yeah. where he's like he's dead and he just comes back up. It's just <laughs> I'm here. He was <laughs> retired. He's retired. He he's come back and he's catching touchdowns. It's amazing. Like every week, it's got a thousand. He's got four catches this game again as well. But you can clearly see he's running wild open because I mean the Cowboys are looking so loaded right now. I 100% a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that the Redskins they really did put up a huge fight. I mean, the Redskins are very much in purgatory right now. I don't know what they are going to do because, I mean, Case Keenum is a game manager. They're playing mm-hmm. very uncreative football, like like they're stuck in the 80s. If you're looking, they're playing a lot of eye formation, not, not a lot of spread. Um, that's how Case Keenum gets 221 yards and two TDs on 26 completions. But when the game was on, on his shoulders, when he had to make some plays because Cowboys were running away with him, like he couldn't take it. He can't, he can't make those NFL reads. He can't make those NFL throws. Like he needs a proper run game. I mean, AP was all right. He's a goal line carrier guy. Um, oh, grandfather that, time. That's it. I mean, I don't know where the Redskins are going to go there. I mean, again, it's the same with the Giants. How long are we going to wait until Haskins is going to come? Haskins, I mean, I'm gonna see. Haskins. Haskins. <laughs> Haskins. I don't know when, when Haskins is gonna come, but um like if Keenan Keenan plays good enough not to be benched, but he does not make the Redskins competitive. That's no. for sure. Moving on. Give me your next I one, Sonny. 
I want to talk about the Steelers and the Seahawks. I think that was a, it was a good game, yes. but not for the reasons that you think. Like uh, oh. the Steelers got absolutely <laughs> like roundhouse kicked in the face by the Patriots last week. So, well. well, I mean, with the Steelers, the Steelers looked shaky as hell because obviously you had uh, Big Ben went out just before the half. I mean, he wasn't doing much, and his replacement Mason Rudolph, Rudolph the Red Zone Reindeer, like he <laughs> <laughs> he came he came on and absolutely killed it he was the thing is i think with this rudolph came on as a backup quarterback and yeah. he need, he knows he needs to make a name for himself so he's putting everything into every single play which i don't think i don't think big ben does anymore i think he's just got such a such a an, not an ego but he's got a, yeah a pedigree about him where he's like Okay, I've played in so many games. I've lost games. I've, I've won two games. Super Bowl, I think yes, right? Two Super Bowls. Two yeah. Super Bowls, yeah. And it's like mm, I can lose a game, doesn't matter. Whereas Mason Rudolph, he doesn't know when he's going to get back on the field next, so he's got to make it count. He's he's there. He's there diving for diving for first downs. He's uh, they ran a flea flicker. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen a flea flicker in the NFL in a while, but they ran a flea flicker for like 40, 45 yards out to. Um, uh, Juju, who was largely kept under under wraps this game, yeah. um, but the other on the other side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, you had um, the 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 D line stepped up a lot this game. Uh, T J Watt decided he was going to start playing again. Um, registered a, registered a sack or so, made a few tackles for loss. He actually uh, he forced a fumble. So first quarter, T J Watt comes out, forced a fumble, and then he. So he he forced a fumble. Mark Barron recovers the fumble, runs it back into the end zone for I think maybe 30, 35 yards. And for, Sean Davis, safety, comes out of nowhere and just wipes out somebody from behind for no good reason. Like ten yards away from the play, wipes out. The whole touchdown gets called yeah. back for a block in the back, and it's, it's just like they were saying. They were always saying that there's discipline issues at the Steelers, and I always yeah. thought Mike Tomlin sort of had it under control. But I think since that whole AB Le'Veon Bell thing, I think it's all falling apart a little bit. Mm. And it just goes to show when you look at someone like Russell Wilson, who is such a team player and he's yeah. put so much into it as well. Like I'm, I'm watching Russell Wilson, thirty yards downfield, blocking on a reverse play, <laughs> he, on a touchdown. Yeah, it's it's a completely different thing. Um, Wilson himself, he, he had an absolute day. I think he went he went twenty nine for thirty five, three hundred yards and three touchdowns. I mean. That's just such a Russell Wilson day as well. Like. Yeah, yeah, he just killed it. And uh, DK Metcalf had a, had, a, had a good showing as well. I think he's he's not lived up to be the beast that we thought he was going to be out there. But he's I getting mean, What there. are you expecting from from a rookie coming in? I mean, you still have Tyler Lockett there as well. Well, all you got to do is you got to go over to the Ravens and look how well Marquise Brown is doing. That's what you got to yeah. expect. That's what you got to live up to as a rookie these days. But we'll get to that in a bit. All right, sweet. Um, moving on to the next one. Um, we got 49ers and Bengals, okay? On paper, not the most interesting What, what is wrong with you today? The Bengals? Bengals? Is it not? Bang- Bengals. Bengals. Bengals are like wristbands and things that go on your arms. Bengals. 49ers and Bengals. Is that all right now? No, still no, but move on. Okay, now wait. How do you say it? Bengals. Bengals. Okay. Yeah. Moving on to the next game. 49ers and Bengals. Stop. Like, if I... If I cut this part right now, like, I don't even know. Like, I've tried it six times to say bangles. I'm going to say bagels in a minute. I'm going to give like, 41-17. Nobody cares about the bagels. Quite honestly, there could be bagels for what I care about the way they're playing right now. Because Andy Dole's 400 yards performance last week was a fucking fluke. And our $100 million man, Jimmy Garoppolo, on paper, looks good. On film, yeah. I have some serious concerns right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, the 49ers won 41-17. Jimmy Garoppolo went for 70, uh, 17 for 25, oh, 17 completions out of 25 attempts, 297, three TDs, okay, and okay. one interception. Quite honestly, the touchdowns, wide open. You and me would have made them, okay? You and yeah. me would have made those um, touchdowns. I mean, there were, I've never seen receivers that often. Completely defensive fooled. Um, one of them was a screen, okay, and the second and, and the third one was a bootleg, right? Right, mm. three yards out from the end zone, bootleg to the uh, to Smith. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo on those three, like he does have three TDs, but he does not see the field. He is phenomenally inaccurate. Like he is tossing behind players, left, right. He's not hitting them in stride. Mm. I mean, he does not look like a starting quarterback right now. 
and I think this is a very, very big concern because obviously they play, pay them a lot of money. How does the how does the 49ers still get 41 points? Quite simple. For me, I, I mean, the way I saw it, it was, uh, look, the run game was really, really strong for them. They got that running back by committee out there and it was, uh, yeah, it carried the workload and I think it covered up a lot of the, the Garoppolo issues. Well, not only that, but Kyle Shanahan is officially... In my opinion, I'm going to crown him like that, the best offensive line in football right now. I mean, Better than uh, Sean McVay? Yes, at the moment yeah. better than Sean McVay because this game has shown it all. Like The way he was utilizing those running backs, you see they're constantly open in holes. Um, the way he was utilizing and getting receivers so open that Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. could hit them. I mean, it, it, it was crazy. If you're, looking, if you're looking really at the film, he's running past concepts where, receiver, where receivers are running both next to each other and exploding into different directions. I mean, like there are route concepts which I have never seen before and a lot of, obviously, the Bengals defense has never seen before. I mean, like I'm, I'm genuinely excited to watch the 49ers play just to see Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme because I think a lot of people can learn a lot of it. How to get really... The running backs back into into play as for the NFL, it seems like they are becoming less and less important. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only the offense is working, but you know the 49ers defense was on fire as well. They had, they had six QB hits, they had four sacks. I mean, Dalton, I'm not going to talk about him. He's he's not relevant. Not, mm-hmm. Nobody at the at the Bengals is relevant right now, and I don't know what to do with them because, quite honestly, apart from Ross and Boyd, the receivers who looked who looked both very good, but like all, only in garbage time, quite honestly, there's nothing more to say. What really, really important right now is how, like how long can Kyle Shanahan's genius, so to speak, carry Jimmy Garoppolo? Because Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, is hitting those extremely free receivers. I don't know how long that he can keep that up because people are going to start figuring this offense out as well. You don't think it's going to be something where uh, Garoppolo just just needs a bit more work with his receivers, or is it has the time been and gone for that? He should have already had that. I quite honestly, he should have really had it now. But the question is not even really the working with the receivers. I mean, he is missing them. Like the interception he threw was into pentaple coverage. Like this is not a joke. I have a picture of that. We're gonna tweet that out. There's yeah. five DBs around that one receiver. Like mm-hmm. I don't like everybody else was open. That was the only covered guy. <laughs> okay, if you got if you got five guys covering one receiver, yes. someone else has to be open. I mean, there was five guys covering one receiver, literally on one side of the field. That's how good Kyle Shanahan fooled everyone, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo froze he, him there. He fooled everybody so much he even fooled his own quarterback. It's crazy, like it's crazy. Like he, um, the only real, real, like the only real place Jimmy Garoppolo could make for like high school quarterback throws, quite honestly. And I'm I'm very very concerned watching that one, but we'll see how how. Maybe he will improve into next week. But we say that every week. Moving on. What game did you have next? Uh, I want to talk about the Cardinals-Ravens. Because for me, I thought it was a great game. I went into it thinking, I have no vested interest in either of these teams. But let's, <laughs> let's, let's see how it goes. And actually, it was a really, really good game. From what I saw from both quarterbacks offensively, both coming on leaps and bounds. I think uh, Lamar Jackson had an absolute day on the field. He changed up from last week where he was much more of a pocket passer and standing yeah. tool throwing the ball. Um, this this week, he ran the ball like a hell of a lot more. So he had he had uh, 272 passing yards, 120 running yards. That's nearly 400 yards total on the day. That's unbelievable with two touchdowns as well. So, I mean, the guy... Yeah, the guy said was... he can't throw, right? There was a lot of people saying he can't throw, but he's proving everybody wrong. Yeah. But people forget that he can also mm-hmm. run. <laughs> for, for me, the Ravens offense right now is is what, exactly what we've been expecting of like the Browns offense. The hype that's been around the Browns offense with Baker Mayfield, with Odell, with uh, Jarvis Landry, and all of these guys. No, sorry. We take all of that and we'll just put it over to Lamar Jackson, to uh, Marquise Brown. To, yeah, he's got, he's got two, tight en- two tight ends out there who I've never really had much to do with, but yet they're, I mean, absolutely killing it out there i've i've, I've got kyle, nothing but good things kyle, to murray say kyle murray for me he he took that first game and he learned so much from a lot of the mistakes that he made there because yeah. he's, he's come out he's come out um in this game looking a lot more mature he was when he was in trouble out of the pocket throwing the ball just clean off the sideline not making rookie mistakes not taking any chances but on the other side of that he's not 
taking any chances in trying to move the ball forward when he's yeah. in pressure. He just goes down. You see, sometimes the rush comes through. There's a ball rush up the middle. And he's, he's on the floor before anyone's up. even... Yeah, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. I'm not getting out of it. I'm done, I'm done. Well, maybe um, that's the coaching staff as well telling him, you know what, you are our first-round pick. You better, better protect yourself a little bit. Yeah, keep yourself safe. But yeah, either way, he's, he's learning from his mistakes. And I'm, I'm happy that this guy's going to make plays going forward. He's learned already, like, not that he needs to know, but he's learned already who his playmakers are. Um, get the Is ball he- to Fitzgerald. Get the ball to Kirk, and 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 they'll 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 take you far. Is he looking better than Baker? Both first overall picks, both from Oklahoma. Uh, for me, no. I think that when Baker turned up at the Browns last year, he was much better than Kyler Murray is right now. But Baker also didn't come in straight away at the beginning of the season, did he? So that's true. That's true. We'll they see they, how they it did goes. have what was it? The geezer from uh, Terrell Pryor, right? Terrell Pryor, yeah. Yeah, that Terrell Pryor before he went. So six, I think he played six games, or something like that, four, three to six games before uh, Baker came. But yeah, and this good. is this is this is being recorded on a Monday before the Browns game. So against the Jets. We'll, against the Jets. So we'll we'll see before you know before we go too in depth <laughs> and then really slag off Baker and and the, and the offense yeah, of the Browns. We'll see. Like, do you want do you want do you want Baker to do really well? We should slag him off right now. He's gonna yeah. throw five picks, a hundred yards. Yeah. And he's gonna get benched. So he, now he he's definitely six, uh, I, t- I, tell, I tell you what, I tell you what. So I was on Twitter. I was trying to live tweet some of the games just because yeah. I thought I'd see how it see how it goes. And I was just putting some bold statements out there. I checked in on the on the Broncos and I saw Joe Flacco just being terrible. And I, I tweeted out, um, makes you wonder how how Joe Flacco ever won a Super Bowl the way he's playing today. And immediately had people kicking off at me. Had some guy who was just like, what like what the fuck? What, what are you talking about? He's, he's doing really well today. <laughs> And I was like, mm, okay. He then immediately went to lead like a last minute attempt to win the game, uh, and didn't get it. But he actually looked really good in the last <laughs> that last drive. So maybe Ooh. maybe we have some curse on us. So better yeah, people we'll, we'll slag someone start, off, and then yeah, and then better be, people better start calling us on who they want us to slag off so they can do well. Yeah. Right. Moving on. Next. Moving on. My team, Detroit Lions, 13-10 against the LA Clippers. Oh, I was gonna say LA Clippers. Oh my God. Los Angeles Chargers. Even though that looks There's like too many teams in LA now. <laughs> there is, there is really too much. But the real story here is Detroit Lions winning 13-10. Not completely by their own. <laughs> the Chargers have helped them a lot. I mean, um, they did the Chargers missed two really big field goals at the end. Uh, they didn't score a single point in uh, in the second half. I mean, for for me, quite honestly. It's more that the Chargers lost this game. I was just going to say that, yeah. Then the Lions won it. Um, Stafford, Stafford looked like Stafford. You know, two TDs, two interceptions, both in double coverage, uh, 245 yards, 22, 22 completions out of 30 attempts. Uh, he's been the same for 10 years. Okay, yeah. he's going to give you he's going to give you two TDs. He's going to give you two turnovers. You know, they, you know that's what you're going to get. Um, it was good to see that the Lions' uh, run game is picking up. And quite honestly... I think you can you can define this win by one play. I mean, the Chargers scored in the first half. Eckler was it was mm-hmm. a goal line dive, all right. And you can see in that moment that obviously you have Matt Patricia who's coming from the Patriots. You can see his defensive mind as well. He was a defensive coordinator at the Patriots, and you can see the way he works. It's like, well, this is I'm going to let this one time happen and never again, right? Because yeah. Eckler literally jumped over the entire over the entire O line and the D line. He's just falling in there. And in the second half, you know, Philip Rivers running, uh, it's, it's 10, uh, I think at that moment it was already 13-10 in the Lions lead. And Rivers is driving the field down, uh, driving, driving everybody downfield, making, Williams is making catches, they're getting on, they're at the one, I think at the one yard line. Mm-hmm. Matt Patricia knows what's coming, right? And you cannot really stop Eckler from jumping over everyone. So what he's saying, like you can t- you can tell because when you watch the play, he's telling Go for the ball. You will never be able to stop him. Just try to punch the ball out. And when what happens? Philip Rivers hands off the ball to Eckler. He jumps up, and you just see a barrage of fists. Everybody's just punching. It's just barrage of fists, and one connects with the ball, and they just pop it out on the goal line. I mean, that play, and obviously the lines recovered at the end, and that play sort of, I think, broke the uh, Chargers' spirit for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And let the Trent 
let, let sort of Detroit, you know, push them around. And that's what sort of led to the win in the end. I mean, one thing I can always say, Melvin, I said it last week as well. Melvin Gordon should be starting to look for a new team because Eckler is a bowler. And I don't think they'll pay, pay Melvin Gordon. I, I was just going to say... Yeah, I was just going to say, like, how, how is that going? Like, how is Eckler keeping this guy off the field? Because just, I just don't think, in the, when you have a good offensive team like the Chargers, right? Uh, you have a good quarterback like like Rivers who can make plays with literally anybody on the field. You will always have to respect the pass. That will always open up lanes for mm. running backs like like Melvin Gordon, like Eckler. You don't really need the most highest rated running back there is right now. And Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't say. Uh, has given you proof that he can stay on the field constantly, right? He's been yeah. injured. So, I mean, like when you're looking at Saquon, right? When you're looking at Saquon or when you're looking at Ezekiel Elliott, like from a year ago or two, right? You didn't really have that passing game coming. And Saquon will never have it again. No, <laughs> no. And Ezekiel Elliott, like at that time, Dak Prescott was not an MVP candidate. He didn't even have any weapons. It's, it was a completely different offense until now. And so he was, he, they, they are carried, they are, Bowlers who can carry the entire load, right? That's why I would pay them that money. And Melvin Goldman wants that money. He will never get it, especially at, at least not at the, at the Chargers. And I don't really, I can't really see anyone else giving him that money. But we'll see. We also thought Le'Veon Bell might not get it, but then the, obviously the Jets paid him. You might, you might, you might find that he, he he turns up on a team with less money than he was asking for. But he, you know, you might find a team that's, that's that's fairly hungry for a running back, and and he'll. he'll I don't. He'll be I there. just I just don't think he's never ended on back when you look in in his injury history. But okay, we'll see. Moving on, what do you got? This game was great. All right, Colts Titans. All right. Really, really tight game, and for me, <laughs> despite Vinatieri, who seems to have just stopped being able to kick a ball. Um, I mean, I honestly, I don't know what's going on with that guy. He's uh, this, if, he, if this carries on, you might, you might see him bail halfway through the season because, and just say, that's it guys, I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up the cleats. Um, and, and I've, I've, I've called it, call it a day because he's now missed five kicks in two games. That's, the, that's, that's more than he misses most seasons. At what, at, at what point do you bench a Hall of Famer? I don't know if I think there won't there won't be a benching. I think he'll just step away. He'll he'll make a he'll make a point stepping away. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the 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 action, both of these O lines are trash. Like they're <laughs> horrendous. Uh, I don't think that either. Still the D-line, Indianapolis O line as well. I thought it were quite good before their draft picks. No, I don't think so. I mean, Brissett was fighting for his life out there. Like <laughs> he was absolutely. Well, I don't know whether that's just him getting a bit flighty. And just wanting to take take off when he can, but he was fighting for his life, uh, and he was getting he was getting knocked around left, right, and center. He fumbled uh, fumbled once as well, so not not a good day. The story of this game, though, the story of this game goes to a offensive guard called David Kessenberry. <laughs> David Kessenberry. All right, so this guy lines up as an eligible receiver, um, up out on on the line on the goal line as a tight end, and you see that as soon as you see. Some massive dude on the on the goal line, six foot five, eligible receiver. You gotta think, maybe, just maybe, they might pass the ball to him. But no, wide open in the back of the end zone, six foot five, David Kessenberry scored his first first receiving first reception <laughs> of like his career. That's it. He does first re- reception of his career for one yard for a touchdown. And for me, this is even better because. Uh, back in 2014, Kessenberry was diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. So he's actually been out of... Uh, he was with the Texans at the time. He's been out for a little while, uh, going under under cancer treatment. Um, he's come back. He did He did uh, the end of his... Uh, once, he, once he was in remission, he spent the end of his time at the, at the Texans, came over to the Colts, and now he's found his way into the end zone. So, uh, yeah, everybody went... As soon That's as he scored, story. everybody went nuts, yeah. That's great. a great story to hear, but obviously Titans lost. So uh, they did, they did. But he, he was he was one of the first points on the board. But yeah, fantastic. Moving well, I've just spoken about the NFC North, right? Let's stay there with Green Bay and uh, with Green Bay and Minnesota. I mean, twenty-one sixteen in 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 Green Bay's favor. My question when when I was going into this game, my question was like, does Rogers at his current state, the way he played? 
last last game stand a chance against that monster defense the Vikings have, right? And it looked very, very, very good for one quarter. Exactly one quarter. They were up 21 nothing after quarter one. Mm-hmm. And then they scored, they have scored no more points after that because the defense has figured them out straight away and they were in his face. Quite honestly, neither team really deserved to win here. No winners, only losers. No, no, no real winners. I mean, Rogers was stiff, and you could see him being frustrated. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, again, like it wouldn't surprise me to see some some breaking story in the in the next couple of weeks if this doesn't pick up, mm-hmm. if they don't fix this. I mean, they won this game, but walking away from it, they're gonna see well something is not working between Matt Lafleur and M. Rogers. Let's see how this really will end. I mean, Green Bay is two and zero, but I wouldn't say that they are convincingly two and zero. No, the offense, it really, really looks like they're struggling down in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just when, you, when you're looking at it, I mean, he, he has 22, for, he, I mean, he went 22 for 34, uh, 34 uh, 22 completions, 34 attempts, 204 yards and two TDs in, in, in that game, which is, which are okay stats, but he didn't, like, they, he didn't have a chance. They were constantly in his face. The defense was covering everyone and they were just constantly putting pressure on him and, the way, like the way this Vikings defense was playing, like you would think that you didn't wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to have a big game from Kirk Cousins, and he doesn't have to do a lot. Kirk Cousins really doesn't have to do. They run the ball. Delvin Cook is a beast of a running back. Ran again like sixty-five yard touchdown one oh, way, right? Delvin Delvin Cook carried that carried that offense today. Oh, yesterday, sorry. I mean, like the thing is, he just Vikings threw the game away. Let me rephrase that. Kirk Cousins throw literally, literally, literally threw, threw it away. This game away. I mean, he there was. I, I, I'm gonna like no matter how bad he is right now, he can't. He cannot make NFL throws. And when I say he cannot make NFL throws, that means he cannot contact the deep in stride with people who are open, mm-hmm. who have separation. He cannot throw outside of the hashes, and he cannot make the contract reads. But we knew that. That's why um, Mike Zimmer has sort of switched the offense to a run offense. You still cannot throw the game away. I mean, there were three minutes in, right? And three minutes in the fourth quarter were left. They were on the eight-yard line from Green Bay. You are literally five points. You need a touchdown. You've been running the ball up and down the field. Kirk Cousins takes a snap. It was, I think, it was third down, second third down. I remember exactly. He takes the snap, runs backwards off his back foot into the corner, into double coverage, and just INT game over. Right? Yeah. I mean, how are you going to throw the game away? He did like it's just if you're looking at it. I mean, at what stage do do at at what stage do you consider benching your quarterback because he's clearly a liability? Like he threw this game away right now. Like last week he didn't have he had he had only ten pass attempts, right? That's they were running the ball this this week. They they put it in his in his hands to win it or like they put it into his hands not to lose it. And he still threw it away. I mean, at what stage? At what stage do you just say, you know what? Like, I know we paid you guaranteed money, but at some point we also have a shot at winning yeah. all of this. Because I think the Vikings have a legitimate shot. They're a good team. They just right now they just need someone like they need a Case Keenum. They need Case Keenum back. I was just gonna say, all right. So are they better this year with Kirk Cousins, or are they were they better off with uh, with Case Keenum last year? Well, I th- and it's so hard to say because they're both terrible. <laughs> But right now, like right now, I would say they were off better with Case Keenum because Case Keenum didn't throw the game away. Okay, that's like at least one thing. I mean, you're going to have to sit down with Kirk Cousins and say, look, the one thing you cannot do is throw an interception. Like, like you cannot throw interceptions constantly. And this is, and you're just thinking there, well, like, you must be so frustrated because the Vikings defense held Aaron Rodgers for three quarters to zero points. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what else do you want? I mean, quite honestly, for me, obviously, I like I like this trouble they're having in the NFC North because it means the Lions are having a real shot right now. Um, let's see how they will stand against the Vikings and the Bears. But at this stage, Green Bay is 2-0. I'm going to take that as a segue. I'm going to take that as a segue to start talking about the Bears because the Bears' defense is unbelievable. All right? I love these guys. The Bears, So you've got, uh, is it Roquan Smith? Roquan Smith is in every tackle, I swear. He's on absolutely <laughs> everything. He's amazing. I, 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 there was a point in the draft last year where I thought he was going to go to the 49ers, um, yeah. but the Bears, the Bears jumped in there and took him, and I think that was the best best move. They, they are absolutely crushing it on defense, both him and, uh, and Khalil Mack as well out there. 
Um, biggest news of the Bears Broncos game though. The Bears after after years of struggle, trouble and strife, they have now got themselves a kicker. They've got a kicker in Pinheiro. Pinheiro. I Pinheiro. always it, it, it had to be some rash name. Like yeah. No, honestly, the guys the guys come out. He's he's uh, he's had two great games so far this season. He's kicked uh, 50 53 yard field goal for longest longest in this game, and um, oh yeah, field goal for the win. So you've got to you got to you got to take it from there. Oh, I think on the other side of the ball, ah, oh, Trubisky, uh, bad uh, in a word. I don't think he's progressed from the conversation we had last week where he had a terrible game against the Packers. Um, he's played arguably a similar level skill level defense and had an arguably Worse. the same terrible game yeah his his numbers are not not to be boasted about at all um i think both quarterbacks were pretty pretty average in this flacco flacco is the Oof. only quarterback this week that had more throws than eli manning really <laughs> he had he had 35 uh, completions for 50 attempts crazy 50 passing attempts from Joe Flacco, and he still only ended up on about 200 and 290 yards uh, with one touchdown, one interception. So I, I, I said earlier, I tweeted that Flacco looked terrible and that I don't know how he won a Super Bowl. He did have a very good drive towards the end of the game, but uh, there, was a bit of a, there was a bit of a confusion. I don't know if you saw it. There was a bit of a confusion at the end of the game. He scored a touchdown at the end of the game to take the lead for the, yeah. uh, for the Broncos. Well, he, taught, he scored a touchdown to tie the game. And they had a choice of kicking the PAT for, for the overall tie or two points to win the game. So he's standing there flapping his arms around on the, on the line of scrimmage, trying to get everyone down. Obviously, they're going for two. They're going to win this game. Time expires. So they get a penalty. He gets a penalty on him because he hasn't got his team organized and in yeah. place, ready to go to run that two points. So they pull it back five yards and go for the PAT to tie the game. Next thing you know, we've got, uh, we've got an offside penalty from the defense. Move the ball Pushing back. back. <laughs> move the ball back. So they put the ball back again. in. They put the ball back in. They're like, actually, we are going to go for two now. So, and he got the two. So, um, fair play to him on that. Take the lead with the two, game in hand, uh, and then uh, yeah, the Bears. The Bears were left like, with the, the chance more, the more, of. Uh, the more you watch it, you can see that the team really go up, go goes up and down with their quarterback. It is the most oh, important yeah. position on the, on the team and. Like if you do not have a decent one, it doesn't even matter how really good your defense is. If you're looking at the Bears and the Vikings right now, because both have t- incredible defenses and their quarterbacks are just not performing to a level the where they even stand a chance. I think as well as that, it takes it takes very uh, little time in the NFL for somebody to figure out a quarterback. Yeah. So I mean, you can have you can come nice. in, you can have a great great first couple of games, and then as soon as that's done. People got your number. People know what's yeah. going. So it takes a very special quarterback to be able to consistently be good at game in, game out. Um, and uh, neither Flacco or Trubisky is is Speaking that. Speaking of consistently good quarterbacks, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, forty-three nothing against Miami. Okay, it is against Miami, so I'm not really going to speak about Tom Brady. I'm going to speak about Antonio Brown. The number one distraction in football right this now. Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if that would be like an award, I must be. Then we'll get the SPs at some point. Like number one distraction it will be going down to Antonio Brown because how are you gonna lose thirty million dollars just for your because you cannot behave? But then you have a conspiracy about well maybe he wanted to lose that money so he could sign for fifteen million half. If that makes sense. Uh, he's already but, got so much money. He doesn't need. I mean, he doesn't need 15 million if he's yeah. going to go and I mean, he said, compete he said for Super Bowl. Radio, you know? He said on radio that he doesn't need football and he doesn't have to play, right? So I didn't, never thought he wanted to play. So he, yeah. he lost 30 million by you know behaving at the Raiders. Um, took a new contract for 15 million with the Patriots, which is roughly half. Nah, you know what? I'm not going to stay quiet. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> another another controversy happens. You know, Antonio Brown obviously alleged for is a sexual assault. Uh, yeah, so sexual assault uh, and rape accusations against his ex-trainer, his ex-personal <laughs> trainer. Yeah, so like, and this is this is also like in a Bill Belichick team, and I know the way Bill Belichick works. He's like, well, a lot of people can say a lot of things. There's nothing proven, right? So I'm gonna play you. He played him. He had four catches for 56 yards and a TD. I mean, he really should have had two TDs. Quite honestly, I have Tom Brady underthrew him on one of them in the corner, corner, on a corner route in the end zone. He should, he Antonio Brown would have had that. He looked great, by the way. He was getting separations. Oh, yeah. 
he was like he was speed was really quick. I don't know how much that's to the fact that the um, Dolphins DBs didn't really want to play. Um, but you know what? For someone who has not really practiced with the team, they looked really good. I mean, he he gave a week. You will see they get a little bit more synchronization. I mean, Tom Brady targeted them eight times. Do you know what I mean? He only caught four of them. You give them a little bit more time, a little bit more practice. This can become really, really dangerous for people. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the way that Belichick runs that Patriots team down there is obviously nobody, nobody's above the team. Everybody's got to be humble. Everyone's got to work hard and everyone's got to do their part as a team. You move forward. And I think the first thing I noticed was as soon as Antonio Brown stepped on the field, the first thing I noticed about him humbling down is he turned up and he played in number 17. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the first, that's what I mean. The first thing, right. I know you, because Antonio Brown is a business, isn't he? I mean, the business yeah. is booming and that's his franchise. He, his face, his All name, his, stuff, right? yeah, his, his brand. So Belichick's first action was, all right, your brand is now the Patriots. It's not Antonio Brown. Yeah. Get rid of 84. You're playing in, you're playing in Did 17. he decide that? Did, did Belichick reside for the 84 for him? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of the back office, but I, I bet that that's got something to do with it. I don't think it was specifically 17, but it was... Not 84. Uh, would, not 84. <laughs> not 84. I don't even know yeah. if they have a player who's in 84. Well, think. the thing is, right now, we're talking about um, them having more games and more practices, but it's all up in the air. We are right now on Monday, and as far as I'm aware, uh, Metro Newbound should be meeting with the NFL commissioner on Monday yeah. uh, to, dis- to discuss that. And this could be very much have been his last game. If he gets on the NFL commissioner's exempt list, he will not be able to play anymore. The thing about the NFL exempt list is it doesn't matter if you're proven guilty or if you're proven innocent. If there's an accusation yeah. against you, even if the case is dropped, yeah. sometimes you're still like in Ray Rice. Done. Like if you yeah, go into exactly. the Ray Rice um, uh, accident incident right now, I mean, there's video of Ray Rice really punching her, but there's no, there was no lawsuit because like, they married immediately right afterwards. He clearly paid her off. He clearly paid her, uh, paid her to be quiet. Yeah. So Ray Rice was in an elevator with his with his fiance. He hit her on camera, mm-hmm. um, and there was no lawsuit because they got married immediately afterwards. So she couldn't testify against him. Uh, but he still got put in the NFL exempt list, and he'll never play another down. So there's a very very real chance of Antonio Brown happening. I mean, there is some. We were gonna, we said it in the beginning of the show. We were hinting to some something you found out now. Can you tell us yeah, a bit more there's, about there's, it? Yeah, there's, there's uh, the law case that's currently, the, the actual the suit against Antonio Brown has na- or has a unnamed uh, NFL player that is in this, in this case as a witness who will have seen alleged uh, sexual harassment uh, taking place. Um, the, Surely the, the, he the... must know who that is. I mean, how many other people were there around when well, you are raping is... someone? <laughs> yeah, this is the point. I mean, it doesn't say which... What? sexual harassment case that, uh, that was witnessed. Okay, uh, it just says that one of them was, so it may not be uh, a, a big one of them. Uh, they're, all, they're all quite serious, obviously, but it may not be a full-on well, rape. It may be just inappropriate behavior and, and sexual harassment. I hope that Andrew Brown doesn't get to play another down again because I do not condone people like disrespecting women. I know there's a lot of people who, yeah. who have their opinions on it, but I'm quite strict on that. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm uh, most- as you say, the the actual um, the 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 rumor mill that has churned out a name, and it, it potentially could actually be his cousin, uh, rookie receiver for the for the Ravens, Marquise Brown, uh, who it's was the Brown. yeah, who was the guy that that was there with him. And I'd like to think that uh, if if it was something that was serious, then maybe they would, he would have been stepping in to prevent this happening or something. Yes, I don't know. Like you must be you must be just as guilty if you just watch it, right? Maybe. Quite I good. mean, that's a, that's a legal court, legal case in its own right. So uh. all right, we'll, we'll move on a little bit. I'm gonna not really speak about uh, about the Dolphins at all. The Dolphins has been outscored 102 to 10 in two games at yeah. home. Any Dolphin fans right now who's not boycotting their team, I don't know what you're doing. Like I would Talk- be asking for all I mean, my money back. I'm gonna try and cut that. Yeah. But obviously, also the um the Pats have outscored their opponents 76 to three. So mm. I mean, Steelers and the Dolphins, where I think Steelers should be a normal team. Clearly, no, neither of them are playing up to speed, but the Patriots are looking very, very dangerous. They're not as explosive as the uh, as the Cowboys, and maybe not as flashy as the Eagles right now. Not maybe not as famous as the as the Rams and stuff, but they are. They I don't know quite. I don't really know anybody right now in the AFC who could keep up with them. But that's Belichick for you, right? And Brady. Moving on yeah. to the next. 
Well, I mean, let's go to another powerhouse offense. I mean, the, the Mahomes show continues to roll down the steamroll over opponents. Like, I remember guy, watching, they were down. They were down. Like, he, he didn't, like, they were, there was not a single touchdown thrown in the first quarter, as far as I'm aware, right? And then no, he just... It, he, everything, everything happened in the second quarter. He just, he just <laughs> went off. He, he put 28 points up on the board in, in the second quarter alone. He, in 15 yeah. minutes, 40 knees. <laughs> yeah, four touchdowns done. One quarter. All right, and then we'll go back to it. I mean, clearly, there, there was a... Uh, not a struggle on the offense, obviously, but they were they were missing uh, Tyreek Hill this week. Yeah. Um, I don't think they missed him that much because I found other people to throw to, so so go for it. But uh, the the Raiders just looked pathetic next to him. They came out and uh, Gruden Gruden came finished at the end of the at the end of the um, uh, first cool. quarter. So they put ten, they put ten ten points. It was ten ten twenty eight. It was all happened in the first half. So the Raiders put 10 points on in the first quarter uh, and they, they just needed to prove that actually they could continue to, to put points on the board. Uh, they didn't. And the game finished up 28-10 to the Chiefs. So um, really, really, if you were paid money, you just left at half time. You wouldn't have missed anything. Crazy. I mean, like, it, like you would think that after the win last week, against the Broncos, you know, Oakland might be able to keep on going, but it just shows to the degree that the Broncos weren't as good as the as the minute you play against the real team. Yeah, so, so you see you see the um the Raiders with what's his name at quarterback? Um <laughs> I've forgotten the quarterback, Derek Carr. With oh. Derek Carr at quarterback, that's this game has put him into being the all time passing leader for the Raiders. Which just goes to show you how poor the Raiders must have been <laughs> in, so in past right? quarterbacks, yeah. So well, I mean, the, that that conference is pretty much, or that division is pretty much taken by the Kansas City, by the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. I think we can very like make some safe assumptions about some playoffs teams already. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to playoffs teams or alleged playoffs teams, New Orleans and LA Rams. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, New Orleans lost nine to twenty-seven, but the real story here is Drew Brees exiting the game um, at I think. I did right, right, three or four, four, four to five pass attempts in. Aaron Donald hits him on the hand, and he cannot grab the ball anymore. Like he, I think if Aaron Donald hit me on the hand, I wouldn't be able to walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But obviously, um, Drew Brees left the game. He was like the thumb was taped up and everything, but he couldn't grab the ball. That usually, you know, tells you for a torn ligament. Mm-hmm. If that's true, he will be out for the season. And that, with that. Uh, Sort of the Saints will be surrendering the conference to the Falcons with the with the Bucks and the uh, Panthers both looking not like they could compete. Uh, just a shitstorm of 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 their problems and of their own. Teddy Bridgewater, it's just it's not a non-factor. Like I don't know, people were hyping him up so much as the best backup quarterback in the league. I did see none of that. They had, I mean, they had ten possessions. There was only one drive went over 40 yards. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they had obviously the kicker hit all the all the field goals. That was quite good. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater was nowhere near ready for that storm of a defense, just punching him left, right, and center. He could not move. He could not throw. Nobody was open. I mean, there was no chance for them really. Um, and I, f- I felt very much defeated the minute Drew Brees goes. You know, your leader goes, and you feel like, well, if I don't have anybody to sort of surround myself with who can carry us, right? At least mentally. You're gonna lose, and I don't think Terry Bridgewater did did that or can do that. I'm, I'm just quite wondering what they're gonna do with Hill because Hill went into receiver. Like he he had he has been lining up at receiver at the last two games. I don't yeah. know if, they, if he's gonna get a shot because at the moment the way Terry Bridgewater is playing is not enough for them to do any sort of damage in that conference. It's it's a shame. I mean, this game was supposed to be sort of like a redemption game for the, for mm. the Saints, wasn't it? From from the end of last season, and oh, shit. they didn't. They didn't really get like a uh, a shot at it. To be not fair, even redemption. Like it's it's getting worse. I mean, it feels like they the like the referees are purposely targeting the Saints for bad calls. So there was a play where um where the defense where um, Jared Goff is sort of uh, is trying to throw the ball right. He's he's put he's lining it up his arm behind his head and the ball just gets punched out right. The ball like he hits the uh, his hit. I think it's Cameron Jordan with them, right? And the ball gets popped out. It's clearly like the ball does not go forward. 
right? His arm does not go forward. It's clearly a fumble, right? So the, the Saints picked up the ball, run it all the way back for a touchdown, but it was called a um, a dead ball because it was called a dead ball because incomplete they, pass. They all think, yeah, because they think it was an incomplete pass. So after review, they realized it was not an incomplete pass and it was a fumble. But because you called it a dead ball, you can you do not get a um, you do not get the touchdown. But you can start at your own 13 yard line. So we were thinking like, well, I'm not saying that that touchdown would have changed the game right now, but at some point you're gonna have to look at the at the calls which were made against the Saints, and you can at every single game, at least the last three of them, you can look at what I'm saying like, well, this is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what is happening? Sean Payton is going nuts on the sideline, and I would too because it feels like every single game you're playing against the refs. I mean, also there's the last thing I was probably going to say to and add to this. I mean, Jared Goff also does not look like his 110 million dollar contract. That's quite simple. I mean, obviously you're not you're not a piece of paper, but you should be playing to a degree which you are being paid for, right? If you yeah. if I hire someone, if I hire someone I ex- for a certain amount for a certain salary, I expect a certain performance for that salary. The same defense is not was not that great that I would say he would have to play that bad. I mean, he's 90, he went 19 for 28, uh, 283 yards and one TD, and that one TD was just a boss play by Cup. I mean, did you see the highlights? I did, went, yeah, yeah. Went, he went a short pass to him and Cup shoved off four Just breaking, head. shedding tackles left, right. Shedding tackles, four and running in for a TD. But the problem with Goff right now is that he cannot complete the depot. Okay, that's it. Yeah. He can throw outside of the hatches, his outs are good, his corner outs are good, but he cannot complete a deep ball, like ever, quite honestly. And they are, they are um, receivers running right open, he cannot hit them. And I think a big reason of that is, I don't know, it's either, I think they're running less play action nowadays than I did last season, where last season you had the very, like, Gurley that had 14 TDs, I think, right? Um, where mm-hmm. he was always he was a beast, rushing. yeah. He was a beast. I mean, they, are, they have a rushing attack, but it's not... It's not to a level where I would say golf, they can call play action as much as often as they could because when you're running a play action and everybody expecting a run, you get a lot more time, a lot of wide open. But now the windows are getting a lot closer as people are figuring out the LRMs. The windows are getting closer. He, the receivers are not getting as much separation and he doesn't have the time. And right now, it doesn't look like he can complete anything deep. And if you, when you can't complete anything deep, you just become Case Keenum. Right. <laughs> you just become, okay. You just, you just but but could it but could it be that they're trying to they're trying to keep Gurley healthy for the end of the season towards the end? Because I mean, last season in the playoff run, having an un, having your your superstar running back out or unhealthy or not playing was that's it, it killed him. I don't know if Sean McKay is Sean McWay is telling Goff to miss people on purpose. No, but, no, but I mean, they're pulling it away from from Gurley and they're 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 not giving him as much of the ball as he deserves. I don't know. It's just, it's just at the moment, it's not looking like both investments have been done very well into Gurley and into Goff. So we'll see how that obviously proceeds. All right, okay. Next All right. last you, game we have. You said, you said earlier that you thought that uh, Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to be the best backup quarterback in the league. Yes. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Because we know who the best backup quarterback in yes. the league is. He's no longer the backup. He's no longer the backup. He's starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gardner. Minshew, MVP, second. MVP. I don't even... Uh, the man's a national hero. MVP. I, I, even want it. I, don't want... I don't put him on my fantasy team. I don't care. He, he is a national hero. You see the, um, the pre-game hype. So first of all, he gets off the plane. He gets off the plane. Uh, his, his private jet dressed like a 70s porn star. Silk, <laughs> silk blazer open, oh. chest hair out, big aviator sunglasses. That that weird blonde mustache that he's got going on. Then apparently the the, the news reports have it he, he took to to going into the dressing room wearing only a jock strap, just a jock strap, and uh, and stretching out pre-game in the in the dressing room for everyone else to see <laughs> the size of the balls on that I mean, man. Basically, you sent me, me like uh, I think during the week you were sending me a picture of um, where I was saying the Gardner Minshew, his parents were actually wanting to call him Beowulf. Oh, he's he's Gardner Minshew the second, but neither his dad or his grandparents are called Gardner Minshew. So I don't know where the second has come from. I don't get anything about a quarterback. I just know I love him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, his grand his grandfather was trying to get him to be named Beowulf Minshew. So I mean, this guy, 
the, every every day you've got Antonio Brown who is only coming out with bad news every single day whereas Gardner Minshew is just making the NFL a better place unfortunately he didn't have as great a day on the field but I mean you the Jacksonville Jaguars have just paid Nick Foles however much money to come in and get injured all right fine not his fault but they've got this guy Gardner Minshew who's putting the team on his back he's uh, he needs he needs a lot of support from his receivers from from Leonard Fournette, who didn't necessarily have a great day, um, but he was like Gardner Minshew again, similar to um, to Mason Rudolph, putting the team on his back, making it count every every appearance yeah. that he has. I mean, he's he a was, six round pick. He's got a he, chip on the shoulder. He's got to play yeah. right. Yeah, he was diving for first downs. He was blocking running backs upfield, uh, blocking for running backs upfield. I think I think he had a he had a he had a great a great how's performance. He he's still for... got. He's still got a lot to learn. I think yeah. he's still got a lot to learn about being in the NFL. That, that's what I would say. How, like, so because like looking at last game, obviously you could clearly tell that he cannot. I don't. I was wondering if he had the strength to throw deep constantly. I mean, how how, how does his arm look like? I think it's more the confidence. Uh, clearly, the man doing stretches in his uh, in his jockstrap in the change room has got confidence in himself. But I think it's the confidence in his in his receivers around him. Uh, and not having the uh, the relationship built up already, maybe he doesn't trust his arm deep. But he did a, he did a great yeah. job um, taking the nice short uh, underneath throws, the outs, the hitches, and getting the ball in there nice and quickly. He didn't really need to go deep on a lot of this, um, but if he's gonna if that's gonna be a thing for him, a reoccurring theme where he can't throw deep, uh, then the Jags are gonna gonna really struggle. The defense can't. The defense can't keep them in the game all the time. Uh, yeah. So he did have a very, a very good last-minute drive for the goal line. Uh, scored. Uh, they went for two. Unfortunately, Leonard Fournette didn't make it over the line on the two-point conversion, and that was the game, the game done. But the Texans themselves had a pretty good showing as well. Yeah. Uh, the O-line for the Texans is still dreadful. Um, he, the. The well, it's not like it's going to improve within the week, right? No, but last season, Deshaun Watson was the most sacked, the most hit quarterback in the league. This season, looks like he's in for the same thing again. What's with the AFC South and bad O-lines? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's the climate. <laughs> maybe it's just the weather down there. But um, yeah, they were they had four sacks on the day, and he was running for his life. He was uh, he was he was taking hits, shrugging off hits. Deshaun Watson is a a very very capable quarterback. Um, and he was he was doing very well out there. The only thing with him is that he's taking a lot of risks. I think that for his team, who are clearly not protecting him, he's taking a lot of risks. He's diving headfirst. He's trying to shrug yeah. through tackles. He's not sliding. He's not stepping out of bounds. Well, he's, still, he's taking you know, he's hits when he doesn't need to. Him, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Um, and, and similar to Minshew as well. He didn't really complete any deep passes. So in in 15 yards or more, um, he was he was only two for 10 attempts. Okay. On passes, so. I see. He struggled. Okay. okay. Well, moving to the very last game, uh, which we had was the Sunday night game, uh, Philly at Atlanta. Uh, Philly lost 20 to 24. Again, it's a game where I would say, you know what, Philly could have won it if they would have put in a good first half. I mean, there was the question was, uh, was the new young gun QB against the proven vet, right? Uh, Wentz versus Matt Ryan. I'm not a big Matt Ryan fan because I think he's a QB who needs a lot of help around him. A strong running game, good running base spoon catch, two incredible receivers, a good mm-hmm. tight end. Like, he needs a lot of things to happen for him. And this is this was, again, the show. I mean... Ryan went 27 for 43, right? 320 yards, three TDs, and three interceptions. All interceptions yeah. were awful. awful. I mean, they're no, never really good interceptions, but those were, like, very bad ones. That's and very unlike Matty, Matty Ryan, Matty Ice. I mean, he's not exactly known for being inaccurate or making terrible decisions. He's actually the quite the opposite, isn't it? He's, he's yeah. normally cool under pressure and... And very calm and collected. I mean, it could have it could have been a lot worse, even if Ridley doesn't snag out, you know, a TD out of double coverage. And there was a couple of other mm. moments where uh, Julio Jones took it out of double coverage. So like he was throwing, like he was throwing to them directly. I mean, I know you have good receivers, 
but there's a, there's a limit. <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah. limit of how much they can do. I mean, um, Julio Jones won the game on a screen pass, really. Okay. Um, so that's sort of where we are. The real story here right now is this was Wednesday, first half, 6 for 16, 47 yards and two interceptions. Those interceptions were nowhere near any receiver. They went straight into the hands of um, wow. Truman. Wow. I mean, the first one was a little contested, but the second one was just straight into mm. his hand. There was nobody near him. So I don't know if there was communication. I know there was a lot of Eagles players who were sidelined. Deshaun Jackson was sidelined. Aguilar was sidelined. Everybody was visiting the medical tent and they came back and you could sort of, you're sort of wondering, Ooh, again, you paid Wentz. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, uh, what happened with Wentz in the end? Because I saw McCowan got on the field. Um, I think I think also well, I didn't actually know why he went to New Mexico, but he got banged up a little bit. But it's because they're really protecting the offensive line, uh, the defensive line of the Atlanta Falcons were in his face constantly. They were hitting him left, right, and center. Um, but you could see Carson Wentz is a little bit of a different quarterback. Like most quarterbacks would have given up at that stage. Quite honestly, you know, when you have such a bad game, you sort of just to make you sort of try to do the worst, the best you can do and sort of just survive it. But Wentz mm-hmm. went out second half really trying to win it. He went really trying to win it. He went two, uh, two drives, both for touchdowns, and he almost came back. They, they really almost came back. So they were leading at some point in 2017, right? And then that's when Matty Ice makes that um, screen pass to Julio Jones, you know, who gets two blocks and runs it for a TD. Mm-hmm. And Wentz still didn't give up. There was a play where... Like, they were all over him. At some point, they had, he had a defensive lineman tearing him down. He's still throwing it down the field and completing it. So, he was, like, the second half looked incredible. Like, Wentz, when he was healthy. Like, that's mm-hmm. how it looked. And Aguilar had, had the game in his hands. I mean, it was, I think, two minutes to play. Or, like, two to three minutes left in the game. And they were playing cover two. Aguilar went on a fade. And you'll know that little... You know, when they play cover two, you have that little hole. You yeah, know, that yeah. TD hole. That's that you hit that ball to the receiver once he goes past the um, DB in the flat, like you hit him, that's a touchdown. And Wentz threw a perfect ball, perfect timing, and Aguilar just dropped it. He just dropped that game in that hand. That was that was really frustrating because the Eagles really deserve to come back on this one. I think that um, it's it's a shame because the the Eagles know that they need to keep Carson Wentz healthy. Yeah. So they need to protect him and they need to give him as much help as but they can. Were, everybody was injured. Like there was, there was, yeah, issue. There was yeah. at some point five people, there were five people at some point uh, from the starting offense in the tent. But so. I saw that, I saw some stats on this that, that actually Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard combined. So 18 carries combined for 46 yards and that's it. I mean, if you've got a struggling quarterback who's getting beaten up and he's got no receivers, you kind of need your running game to have a bit more yeah, power than that. Both teams didn't have a running game either. So you're correct. You're 100% correct. We'll see what the Eagles do in terms of the running game. Um, they are looking good. It's just right now health is a concern. If they can't keep it up, I do not know. So I do not know. See how they will even remotely can compete with the Cowboys. Because no. the Cowboys are looking like a proper powerhouse team. And the Falcons are re- obviously they're gonna take the NFC South if Drew Brees doesn't come back because Cam Newton and James Winston are not gonna do any damage. So Medi Ice is gonna get another pass again. But this is it so so much for week two. We are done so far. We have Monday, we have still have the Monday night game. Yeah, let's let's Cleveland talk a little bit but let's little, talk a little bit about the uh, the Browns right. and the Jets. Yeah. I mean what do we think? I think that Baker Mayfield is still in for a treat because that Jets defense is real. Okay, um, I do not think I do not think they're gonna st- somehow reverse that trend from last from last week because the only things I've really read about the Browns right now is the entire controversy that OBJ is running is playing with a 350k watch. Yeah, and I'm like, is that really what you really care about? I saw Warren Sapp say that was by the way amazing. He said you cannot wear a 350 dollar watch and play like two, uh, two bucks. Yeah, I think yeah. that was that was pretty accurate because none, none of them are really really good. So I think that defense of um, of the Jets are gonna have the Browns. Yeah, let's talk about the offense of the Jets though. The big news out of the big news out of New York for the Jets is that their starting quarterback is out for I think two three weeks with mono. Mono <laughs> is like some I swear some STI that you get from kissing people. Uh, I don't even know what 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 he's been doing gonna, out there. How are you gonna catch? But, uh, you know, I hope I hope that um, Le'Veon Bell turns up for them earlier in the game. I mean, they're going to need it. I don't even know who even is the backup in in New York at the moment. That's a good question. I didn't actually realize to look up who's the backup for them. Because uh, he's going to need whoever it is. 
is going to need some support from the, in the running game. Um, and I felt like last week the uh, the running game wasn't great, but you had um, uh, Le'Veon Bell turned up in the in the receiving game. He had he had a, a touchdown and oh, a two point conversion. Trevor Simeon. It's Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think that Baker can put enough damage up. I don't think he'll do enough damage. I think no. Trevor Simeon will be fine. Yeah, I don't think Trevor Simeon is, should be allowed to be in charge of any any NFL team, even if it is the Jets. But uh, if I'm looking right now, I think Trevor Simeon. I mean, he did it right at the Broncos. I like. Yeah. I, I can I can look at a lot of people. Like if he plays like he played at the Broncos. Hey, if it if it just covers if it just fills in a gap for two games whilst uh... yeah I mean he's 13-11 as a starter wow. with the Browns uh, with the with the uh, with the Broncos that's all right like that's that's not too bad right now but I think there will be enough until Sam Donald cleans up his chlamydia or whatever the fuck he has in there. so yeah you know you know actually so just looking at the the QBs uh, stats Trevor Simeon's passer rating uh, is actually career passer rating is actually better than Sam Donald so. Uh... <laughs> He's played played slightly few more uh, few more games than Donald, but uh, yeah. Well, see, maybe Donald just so needs a know. break right now. Maybe they found something just to give him a little bit of a break because you know we all know how that Bills game ended, right? Yeah, but is this is the second game of the season? He's had a whole he's had since since before Christmas to to have a break. So no, he yeah, doesn't need a break. Well. All right, let's just finish up. Yeah. That's how, we, that's how we are. Well, thank you very much for listening in. This was the second episode of Fake Punt Podcast. Don't forget to, if you, have, if you disagree with something or you disagree with something, let us know on Twitter at fake underscore punt. Follow us on Instagram at fake underscore punt. That's <laughs> it. Out of that. um, at least I got it this time, right? right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to obviously come back with the, with the uh, New York and the Cleveland, with the New York and the Cleveland game tomorrow. Um, yeah, thank you yeah. very much for listening. Thank you for your time, Sonny. Peace out. All good. Peace. Wait. There we go.